Today's episode, as well as all things Batman Beyond, come from one special place. Batman the Animated Series. As many of you know, this year marks the official 25th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. With companies like DC Collectibles, Diamond Select Toys, and Funko, kids from a quarter century ago would cry if they saw the stuff we get to play with today. I know I would have. Check out episode 4 of Above and Batman Beyond for my interview with Jim Fletcher, executive creative director of DC Entertainment, overseeing DC Collectibles. Jim and I talk about the GCPD 5-pack of 6-inch action figures released in September, just in time for the 25th of BTAS. The very booth from which you'll hear a live interview from New York Comic Con 2017, Diamond Select Toys has several statues and busts coming to celebrate the animated series 25th. So keep Diamond in mind for both Beyond and BTAS collectibles. Check out our main website, comicbookintl.com, for previews, unboxing videos, and interviews on all the best BTAS 25th and Batman Beyond collectibles out there. Support your local comic book shop and find these and other Bat collectibles. Comicshoplocator.com That's comicshoplocator.com This is Yoko McCann from Funko, and you're listening to Geek News General. Hello and welcome to Geek News General, a one-stop general sampling of geek news and pop culture. For episode 15, we return to New York Comic Con for part two of our live vidcast interview coverage. Find new episodes of Geek News General on iTunes, SoundCloud, and geeknewsbatnews.com. Today's episode is also a vidcast, meaning many of the interviews you will hear today are from videos in their original form on our main site, comicbookintl.com. Check out CBI for all the latest in geek news, and again, the videos of the very interviews you're hearing today. Also, don't forget to check out part one of this epic pod crossover on our other CBI podcast, Above and Batman Beyond. Thank you for listening to Geek News General. Welcome, you New York Comic Con loving nerds, to Geek News General, a one stop general sampling of geek news and pop culture. I'm your host, Benjamin David, and managing editor here at comicbookintl.com. If you're wondering why a metal cover of the Batman Beyond theme was just playing, that is because the episode you're listening to now uh, is actually part two of our first ever pod crossover event. This episode is the continuation of our New York Comic Con 2017 coverage from our other CBI podcast, Above and Batman Beyond. If you never heard that show, do yourself a favor, stop this podcast and subscribe slash listen to our most recent episode. What you'll hear today will actually make a lot more sense, and beside today's cosplay interviews, most of the major interviews I reference in today's coverage are on Above and Batman Beyond, not today's episode. Uh, plus, that podcast is just an all-around blast, if you ask me. It's an interview show, so every single episode we talk to real creators and experts specifically from the futuristic iteration of Batman Beyond, TV people from the animated series, comic creators, collectibles companies, even Batman experts on Instagram or uh, with, with you know big websites. Last episode, for example, we featured several interviews from New York Comic Con. We spoke with John Somariva on the show live from the legendary Artist's Alley at New York Comic Con. Somariva is the artist of Batman slash TMNT Adventures, a fantastic six-issue comic series crossing over Batman the Animated Series Batman and then the most recent, Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles. Now, in case you're not familiar with Batman Beyond, uh, it began as a futuristic animated series that continued the story of the original Batman the Animated Series, but again, 50 years into the future. Being born from the OG Batman cartoon, uh, having a guest like Somariva on our show was pure gold. Here's a clip from my interview with John Somariva, only to be found on Above and Batman Beyond. I take it you were an animated series kid? Yeah, definitely. You know, I was watching it um, after school, you know, every day when I, when I would get home. It just, um, it, 
it just had something special about it that series and it still remains true to this day you know like there's uh, the, the style of it obviously is a big part of that um, you know Bruce Timm's art just had that perfect way of taking comic book art and transforming it into animation and oh, I love that. fitting in with like Batman and that whole art deco style you know like yeah it's uh, it, it's it's a sort of once in a lifetime kind of a series that came along and I'm so glad that it, you know I was able to add my little two cents to that I guess you know and you absolutely it, did you know work, work on that version of Batman which is definitely one of my favorite ones and uh, I think a, a very definitive version of Batman so Again, that was my clip with John Somariva, artist of Batman TMNT Adventures, recorded live from Artist Sally at New York Comic Con 2017. The full interview, once again, uh, is from our most recent podcast episode of Above and Batman Beyond, episode 6 to be exact. Believe me, today's episode will still feature some great interviews and coverage from Comic Con. We got cosplay interviews coming your way, and my own record, uh, excuse me, live recorded coverage in the car on the way to New York for day two. Then we'll wrap up with highlights of other important things at con, uh, movies slash TV panels, screenings, premieres, and more. What's good, if not necessary, about this part two coverage is that on Above and Batman Beyond, there wasn't much time in that episode for recaps, uh, reflections, time to talk about all the great interviews you got to hear. As I mentioned on that episode, I like to keep that show as close to an hour if possible. Um, and I also knew I had the breathing room and time on this show. Not to mention, as you'll hear today, uh, on today's episode, I still had about 35 more minutes of content for you guys to hear. Another exciting and different feature of today's show is that it is partly a vidcast, meaning you can find portions of this episode in video form as well on our main site, comicbookintl.com. Please don't forget to check out the videos, especially for the cosplay interviews. For those unfamiliar with cosplay, uh, it's something you've probably seen, but you didn't know what to call it. Cosplayers are people who dress in costumes, playing the characters from comics, movies, games, and other pop culture stuff, uh, usually showing up to Comic-Cons or other conventions. For example, you'll hear an interview today with this guy named Sonny Pickles, of all things. <laughs> uh, it's at Sonny Pickles on Instagram, S-O-N-N-Y Pickles. Uh, who said it took him from uh, since May to complete his Arkham City Mr. Freeze costume. It is now October. Cosplaying has taken over a huge portion of con culture, uh, so I thought, why not start interviewing these super fans? People who, as we learn, pull all-nighters and spend months on end working on perfecting their costumes and looks. These cosplayers did such an amazing job, and obviously it's a visual thing, so an audio podcast does not do these people justice. So, the last thing I'll do is break down the episode so you know what's coming, uh, and then we'll jump into the live coverage. First, you're going to hear my car coverage, I'm calling it. Uh, again, this is a recording of me talking into my portable mic on the way back up to New York for day two of Con. You'll hear a very excited last Friday version of me, fresh from a Thursday full of Comic-Con interviews and experiences. It's also a version of me who apparently says, so sweet, uh, to describe... <laughs> Pretty much everything I like at con. I don't know what this is about. I had no idea I, used, I did this. Mark my words, after listening back, I am going to make a concerted effort <laughs> to stop saying that so much. So uh, please excuse all the so sweets. My car coverage has three main parts to it. Uh, a short personal account of Thursday. Then I talk a lot about Funko and my experience and my exclusive haul of toys from the Funko booth. Then I get into about 5 to 10 minutes about Batman Beyond and Beyond Collectibles uh, at the Diamond Select Toy Booth, of course. And then finally, I wrap up at Artist's Alley, uh, talking about the John Somariva interview that you heard a clip from before. After car coverage, we'll switch gears to cosplay interviews and take it from there. So please enjoy my car coverage live from my 2010 Toyota Corolla on my way back up to day two of New York Comic Con 2017. Good day, Beyond fans. What you're hearing in the background is the road. Hit the road, man. Back on the road. Back up to, to the N, to the Y, to the C, to the C. Okay, I'm done. Uh, New York Comic Con 2017. I'm back up from Asbury Park, New Jersey, where I live. 
to the great city of Manhattan, uh, New York, New York. It was amazing yesterday. I mean, Comic-Con's amazing every year, um, specifically in New York. It is the second biggest in the world, as I've said on my other uh, Comic-Con installments here. But wow, uh, is that does that ever ring true when you also are reflecting, which is kind of what I want to do right now, is reflect on yesterday a bit on my way back up and talk about what I'm about to do now, which is much different from what I did yesterday. Uh, but oh my God, yesterday, I felt, uh, I definitely felt what... You know, a lot of the podcasters that I listen to, and these are people who are far beyond me in any kind of career sense with uh, how deep they are into nerd stuff, but like Chris Hardwick and Kevin Smith and these major celeb nerd podcasters, uh, they said when they go to con, you know, it's, it's hard for them to relax. And of course, that's because people are constantly coming up to them and there's that story. But even for the people who don't get bombarded when you're working at Comic-Con, you do get that whole different perspective. And uh, I just kind of felt the pressure of work because I was covering I uh, was covering two different toy booths, collector booths. I was at Funko as well as Diamond Select, beautiful stuff. Uh, but then I also wanted to meet up with an artist and interview him. And I am nocturnal right now, so I sleep during the day mostly. <laughs> so for me to get up and be able to drive into New York City, I'm not getting here until, you know, yesterday I don't think I finally even got there until one something. Uh, so I just felt the pressure of the day and, and just really was planning my day very strategically and going from one place to the next. But uh, aside from my personal account of it, you're like, I don't care how you feel about it. Just give me the information. Give me the beyond information. I don't care. I understand. Um, so here's the beyond. And as you can tell, I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, so I'm a little goofy right now. But uh, yeah, so what I did yesterday. Again, I went to the Funko booth. I unfortunately was unable to get into the lottery of the Funko booth because in the lottery, uh, the way it worked to get into the Funko booth at New York Comic Con 2017 this year, you had to sign up for this lottery through the New York Comic Con website and then they let you know on the 29th of September uh, whether or not you got in. So they let you know about six, five, six days beforehand. Con began on the 5th. Today is the 6th. And you know, so I found out by the 29th that I couldn't get in. Luckily, since I cover Funko, I'm pretty tight with some peeps over there, and I hit up uh, my people at Funko, and I was fortunately at least able to get into the booth and get uh, some stuff that I let them know about ahead of time. So that was really cool. I met Yoko once again, Yoko from the Funko marketing team, who was super helpful, and so just, just an all-around nice person. Uh, so good to see her. I met her for the first time at New York Toy Fair 2017 uh, at the Javits Center at the same location. God, Comic-Con is so much different. <laughs> In her words, she said, uh, a lot more sweat at Comic-Con, and I completely agree. It's just, I mean, the booth at Funko, so I'm going to talk about that now. Uh, wow. I mean, it is, there were two to three different people who were just doing security type stuff like moving people along saying you can't stand here only if you are Funko blah 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 you can't stand here here this line begins I mean these people there there's two to three of just those uh, and then you have all the people working at the Funko booth so it was pretty impressive just to see the line situation <laughs> I mean it was like the scene in Goodfellas when he has to walk through the back of the kitchen uh, and there's that uh, tracking shot, I think they call it. And it's that famous scene in Goodfellas where there's no way you're getting into the Copacabana, I think, is the exclusive club. And uh, it's where all like the famous guys saying Bobby Vinton, whatever, of, of the day. And, you know, Henry Hill has to walk his wife, Karen, through the back in the kitchen and everything. And it's one famous Scorsese shot. I kind of felt like that, <laughs> except much shorter, uh, because there was not a chance and they literally set up the table for the guy. Like, they had to makeshift everything. I mean, that's what kind of had to happen for me uh, in order for me to even breathe the same air as the Funko booth. And that's, again, only because I cover them. So this is the popularity of this company. I, and, you know, I've been covering toys for going on two years now. There's no other booths like that beside, I want to beside Lego. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe, I mean... Gaming is a totally different story, so I'm not going to include that, but correct me if I'm wrong, beside Lego and Funko, I mean, it, it is, again, like getting into 
uh, you know, Lego's the biggest toy company in the world, and Funko's not far behind. I don't know what their rankings are, but good God if they earned it. So the stuff I got uh, from the Funko booth, I got the Boba Fett Slave One Rides. Uh, this is the Pop Rides New York Comic Con exclusive Boba Fett Slave One. It is so sweet. Uh, so that was Star Wars for me. I also put on my list uh, the Japanese Batmobile. So sweet. Also, and these are all Comic-Con exclusives, by the way. Everything I'm listing from the Funko booth is a Comic-Con exclusive. Uh, which, while I'm thinking about it, everything from the booth, it was empty by the end. Like, the picture I have with Yoko, you can see it on at Batman Beyond Podcast. I think I posted it to at Comic Book INTL as well, our uh, main site. Uh, social media. Wow. I mean, it, like there was nothing behind us. <laughs> it didn't even look like we were at a Funko shop other than those uh, signature green lights. I mean, you could tell, but wow, it was um, sold out. So, and someone said that too, like as we were taking a picture, I was like, can I get a picture? And someone was like, where are you going to take it? There's no pops left. And I was like, yeah, well, I want to get a picture with Yoko. She's the best. So I got my picture with her. Uh, of course, I was wearing my Batman Beyond uh, Target exclusive Funko Pop t-shirt. So I'm sure they were happy to see that, <laughs> me walking around with that. No one else at Con had it. Uh, tens of thousands of people, I gotta say, you know, a lot of people had the Legion of, Legion of Collector shirts. I didn't see anybody else with my Batman Beyond shirt, so that's pretty sweet. Um, what else did I get? Oh, the Stranger Things three-pack of action figures. So sweet. Demogorgon, I think it's um, upside-down Mike. I don't have it in front of me, so don't hold me down to it, but I think the third one is then uh, Eleven. So sweet. I love that they're doing action figures. I mean, Funko is obviously better known for their pops. Uh, they're more of a pop, pop popular company, if you will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did it. But uh, I love that they're doing action figures. I mean, I'm an 80s, 90s kid. Action figures for me are... Uh, that's, like, probably my most... My most nostalgic of toys, like when I think of a toy as a kid and what I played with, actually playing with, not just collecting, uh, action figures. So I love that they're doing that as well. Uh, oh, also speaking of action figures, the Japanese Batmobile, so sweet. Let's get back into that. Um, this is a lot, it, it's the same exact model. This is the, to describe it a little more, it's a Japanese version, manga Batman, if you will, of the 1966 classic TV series Batmobile. Uh, so it's that same old classic car, uh, same bat gadgets, all the same stuff, but just colored blue and in a scheme of uh, like bright Japanese manga comics. Uh, manga or Japanese comics, in case you're not familiar, and it's <laughs> in Japan comics. I mean, these are comics that uh, you know everyday people read on the subway. It's comics are much different over there. Manga is a huge thing in Japan and. They've always had an affinity for Batman. There's always been kind of, I don't know, I shouldn't say always, but there's a big Bat-manga uh, style of art and just, you know, a whole bunch of stuff out there for Bat Batman-manga. So it's really cool that they are, are honoring that with Funko. Uh, they're teaming up to do that kind of thing. The action figure, I, I have to look closer at the action figure. I really haven't had time to play with the toys, to be honest. Uh, so that's still at home. I, I took a picture of him about to post that today. But, yeah, so sweet. Check that out. Again, it's, like, bright blue. The box is really cool. I think I'm going to keep all the packaging because it's got, like, the Japanese writing instead of the word Batman in English. It's Japanese writing and a different logo, I believe. So sweet. Check that out. Uh, so, okay, Stranger Things, Boba Fett, Slave One Rides, uh, Batman and Batmobile. I don't know if that's the name of it, but... <laughs> What else did I get? What else did I get? What else did I get? I got one other thing. Oh yeah, Shredder 8-Bit. So I talked to Yoko about this, and this was pretty cool that only about two weeks ago I got an interview with Yoko, uh, with a phone interview, uh, and we talked about two things. One was the DC Legion of Collectors box for the Batman the Animated Series 25th anniversary celebration box. Uh, so to, to you know move backward a little bit, DC Legion of Collectors is a bi-monthly subscription box that you can get from the company of Funko, uh, in which you will get bi-monthly, like I said, every other month, uh, a box from Funko, and it's a surprise box, so you don't know what you're going to get, and they're all exclusive items that, you know, once they sell out, you can't get them again, unless it's on eBay or something like that. This company stops making them after that 
uh, sellout point of these bi-monthly subscriptions. Uh, proudly, the Batman the Animated Series box, speaking of the exclusivity and, and the, uh, you know, get on this while you can, it sold out. It was one of the few boxes to ever, I think it might have, she might have said the first, don't hold me to that, but I think she might have said it's the first to ever sell out uh, before like the end date so meaning a lot of times they'll have leftovers and then sell them off at cons like I got at the the Legion of Collectors uh, DC uh, ladies of the DC universe and I got that last year at comic-con Funko had a booth separate from the regular booth and it was just a bunch of like their subscription boxes so you could buy the Marvel collectors corpse you could buy uh, smugglers bounty the Star Wars box and then you could also buy DC Legion of Collectors what I'm talking about now um, I think that was my first box and what first got me into DC Legion of Collectors. That was kind of like, I tested it out. I was like, I don't know. I, I was already a subscriber to um, Smuggler's Bounty. The Star Wars, uh, Second Force Awakens came out. I was like, I'm getting that. But uh, yeah, DC Legion of Collectors, really cool. The Ladies of the DC Universe. But again, that was like overflow. Uh, there's no overflow with the animated series box. It was so sweet. And we talked about that animated series box. Uh, a couple weeks ago. So check out that um, podcast. That's going to be coming up as well. It's going to be kind of a two-parter with my coverage for Khan. The 8-Bit Shredder. Um, this is something that Yoko and I talked about in kind of that two-part conversation I was describing. Half of it was the uh, Batman the Animated Series DC Legion of Collectors box for the 25th anniversary of the Animated Series. The other half of that podcast was about the upcoming New York Comic Con exclusives. Um, one of them being these 8-bit pops. Now, speaking of Batman, there's also a Batman 8-bit, but there's a Shredder, and it was really hard not to get the Batman one as well. Uh, and to describe it 8-bit, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is, they're 8-bit renditions look, looking like the very first Mario game from 1984, like that sharply 8-bit uh, blocky look. I mean, it's some of that there's some 8-bit in our culture now with Minecraft and some other stuff, but, and it's coming back, kind of, but <laughs> a lot of it's like in, in reverence to that past, and as an eight, a kid who was born in 1985, for 8-bit technology to be, it's what I grew up in, it's the first video games I ever saw, all that stuff was 8-bit, so when I see something like Shredder, uh, that was the deciding point, though, was, was that exact thing I just mentioned, was the 80s nostalgia, the 80s 90s nostalgia for 8-bit and my like I said it was hard for me to decide between Batman and Shredder but I gotta say Shredder is much more of an 80s icon than Batman um, there's definitely some 80s Batman but when you think of the turtles they were born in the 80s uh, that cartoon came out I believe premiered in 1987 and the, and the comics were 84 or 85 um, purely 80s and then there was the video games and all the 80s 90s stuff so that was it for me I was like well you gotta get it and I'm as much of a turtle not I, actually backtrack I cannot say that I love turtles when I was a kid I was probably as much turtles as Batman not nearly as much now uh, but I am getting back into the turtles and uh, go back and check out some podcasts that I've had in the past about turtles Obviously, I'm a Turtles fan. One of the things that I'm going to talk about in a minute as well uh, is, <laughs> you know, even at Comic-Con, I, I not only bought Turtle merchandise, but I also met up with John Samariva, who's the artist of Batman uh, slash TMNT Adventures. So Turtles is definitely in my geek DNA. But I got to say, like, the 8-bit Batman still looks really cool, but the Shredder was the ultimate. Bunch of different color variations of... Uh, the Foot Clan, there's white, there's red, there's purple. If I was going to go with one, I would have gotten purple. That's, I think, the most, uh, the original, uh, don't hold me to that, but there's probably mostly purple Foot Clan members in, in the cartoons, at least in the 80s stuff that I used to watch. So that was really cool. And he looks, I mean, it is straight 80s from the show. The coloring, too. I mean, just the color matching. It looks straight off of the screen, but 8-bit screen. And they're solid, too. One of the things that Yoko said, like, you don't get the impact of these 8-bit figures until you see them in person. And she was so right. Like, it, and they're solid, solid. Like, when you pick it up, you're like, oh my god, this thing is not just a little Funko Pop. It is in the pop size. It's technically a pop, uh, 
they're calling them, you know, 8-bit pops, but, and the appearance as well, you just, you do not get that impact visually uh, and tactile, if you will, in terms of the weight, uh, what they look like, how they feel. I haven't opened it up yet, again, I'm going to play with my stuff tonight, but I just kind of want to get my thoughts out on my way up here while I still had time. Again, time is like so precious right now with Con, it's really busy, <laughs> in a good way. Uh, Alright, so... That was my haul. Yeah, it was four things. Again, the Stranger Things uh, action figure three-pack. Just to recap, again, it was the action figure three-pack of Stranger Things. These are all the New York Comic Con exclusive Funko items that I got at the booth yesterday. Uh, Stranger Things three-pack, the 8-bit shredder I was just talking about. That was a pop. The um, Star Wars Boba Fett Slave One pop rides. And then finally, of course, the Batmanga <laughs> mobile is what I'm calling it. Uh, no, but the bright blue Japanese uh, Batmobile. I, I gotta get the name of that. Correct me if I'm wrong about the name of it. But oh man, check that out. Check all this stuff out. It will be posted soon enough to our website, comicbookintl.com, uh, at comicbookintl. And of course, in the meantime, you can go on the Funko blog, uh, funko.com slash blog, I believe it is. All right, so that was it for Funko. Uh, Diamond Select Toys, I went over there, I visited Zach from Diamond Select uh, for the Batman Beyond stuff that came out. Now, I had talked to Zach about two months ago for the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Batman Beyond resin busts that came out. So there were two Batman Beyond resin busts that came out from Diamond Select, uh, both six inch scale, both Terry McGinnis Batman, both of them had their arms folded with this very teenage smile, very not Batman, <laughs> Bruce Wayne Batman, who we don't get a lot of smiles from. Really beautiful busts. Uh, they have the purple iconic Batman Beyond coloring for the pedestal base. They really updated these things for Beyond in a very cool way from the animated series ones that have come out before that. There have been a bunch of animated series ones before that. This, these were the first Batman Beyond busts, so that was really exciting to see Diamond get into that. Um, along with that, they had also announced not as an exclusive, but the nine inch PVC uh, scale dioramas of Batman Beyond. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, but the what was cool about the bus and why I started talking about that was the day right before Comic-Con uh, New York, there, uh, a couple days ago, they had just announced a new uh, six inch bust, and this is Terry McGinnis Batman once again, but more in action. He's uh, holding his batarang, he's got his wings out, he's ready to go. Uh, really cool contrast to the, again, the Teenage Attitude one before, and, and Zach Oat from the Diamond Select marketing team, really cool. Uh, he was pointing out that, you know, he kind of liked that a little more because you get to see him in action. I mean, the other ones were cool and not to downplay him at all, but it was cool to see, you know, Terry in action. So check out, uh, check out that bust. There's also the nine inch PVC diorama been announced that I was just mentioning uh, before, but to see it in person, I hadn't seen it in person before, I haven't bought it yet, it is beautiful. I mean, what they're able to do with these PVC dioramas with just plastic, uh, <laughs> the base of this thing is clear and it's the jet boots of Terry McGinnis shooting out his, uh, you know, the, the, the jet boots that he has, and it's the exhaust on the ground, it's the smoke, it's, uh, and it's all translucent and the color just really pops and they completely nailed the coloring everywhere else. The paint, you know, totally honoring what they had done prior to that with the animated series. Batman Beyond comes out of the animated series and this is 100%, you know, animated series Batman Beyond, um, not from the comics Batman Beyond. So just the paint, uh, especially from Diamond Select, I think they the color matching the I don't know what it is specifically. Diamond always just, their paintwork really always stands out to me. And it really just looks like these things came off the screen. The posing specifically, really dynamic. I mean, this thing really looks like it's just moving, floating. It is one of the classic logo uh, poses of uh, Batman Beyond. And it's something Zach pointed out. It's really not a pose that you often will get from a figure. So it's cool that they got him he kind of got one leg up, very acrobatic. And I was saying to Zach that he's a, he's more of an acrobatic character. Now, physically, to Bruce Wayne, he might 
Bruce Wayne might be equally as acrobatic, might be even more acrobatic, but he he's just bigger and bulkier. He's he's a man. Uh, Terry McGinnis is still a teenager, so he's you know thinner, more acrobatic. I love that we're getting you know, and even in the main logo, he's perched. He's uh, it's it's just I love that it's even more stuff to bring out to distinguish him from Batman, which is kind of what you always have to do with Batman Beyond. You can't forget about making that distinction. Uh, and then finally, I saw in person, I hadn't seen it before, the old man Bruce Wayne, uh, old Bruce Wayne, uh, six inch resin bust. So sweet, absolutely gorgeous in person, just as beautiful. I mean, I, more beautiful in person. Uh, but you know, the point is everything I expected. Sometimes when you see these things in person, you're like, eh, this thing, uh, they knocked it out the park with this bust. I, I just, I love the old Bruce Wayne character. You can't, there is no Batman Beyond without Bruce Wayne. I heard an interview, uh, I was, you know, I've been doing a lot of research with the Batman Beyond show <laughs> uh, about, you know, when they started the show and interviews with the, the creators of the show, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, these guys, Alan Burnett. And one of the things Bruce Tim said was like, he physically was like hit his fist on the counter one day about the one thing he would, you know, one of, I mean, there's a lot of things he wouldn't budge on, but one of the main things he's like, I will not do this show without Bruce Wayne. Like, cause they wanted to get rid of Bruce Wayne at one point. And he's like, I, there is no show here without Bruce Wayne. We are not doing it. Uh, really cool. So that he stood tall with that. And that, you know, one of the, the key things to Batman Beyond is that going back to the distinctions before Terry McGinnis has found happiness or is, um, you know, he has a relationship, he has a family, he, and there's two really important things to this. Bruce gets to, you get to see Bruce, you get to see kind of the bad example of what happens if you don't have a family and, and what happens to someone who's alone and the only person he has is not even a person, it's a dog. Um, he ends up, you know, severing all ties with relationships in a real way, he, he's alone. Whereas Terry McGinnis is balancing all this stuff. So, you know, it's two important things there. Terry gets to see the example of kind of what he doesn't want to be, but then you also get to kind of have your cake and eat it. You get to see a Batman that has both sides and get to see not only somebody different, again, the distinctions are always important, but the distinction in so far is probably the deepest one and the most important one uh, is one who is, is balancing happiness or has found happiness uh, and has a future of happiness, whereas Bruce does not. Um, so he gets to see that bad example and not live for it himself. And, uh, you know, I know I'm going a little deeper than you might expect with it, but the point is that you have to always have your Bruce Wayne. He's crucial to the story. And I also just wanted to talk about some of the recent stuff that I found out. I, I didn't know that Bruce went, Tim, excuse me, I didn't know that Bruce Tim was that passionate about keeping Bruce Wayne um, in on it. And so that's really cool that he, he fought for that. So we're still seeing figures that uh, <laughs> today that have been fought for in, you know, to keep in the canon of Batman Beyond, to keep in the canon of Batman. You can't, uh, you know, Batman Beyond is, is the future story of Batman, so you can't forget about it. All right, so I'm getting beeped out now by tractor trailers. Uh, before I die, I should probably end it here. I'm coming up on a half hour anyway. Artist Sally, that was a really great experience to finally go as a comic fan and someone who is interviewing comic book creators. Uh, just to backtrack a little bit before I go uh, to kind of preview the comic book stuff. So I interviewed Matthew K. Manning. Uh, he's the writer of Batman TMNT Adventures. And then I had the distinct pleasure of meeting the artist, the eyes to the book, uh, last night at New York Comic Con 2017. Walked up and down Artist Sally, found him old school, didn't even look for the booth number. <laughs> Uh, kind of got lost in there and that was I mean one thing I really regret is not uh, I think next time I'll just spend an entire day in Artist Alley so cool uh, this, this, this is the reason that we're all there to begin with let's not forget that I know I just did basically a half hour on toys but the reason you know we get an 8-bit shredder is because Kevin Eastman and, and Peter Laird made that comic in 1984 uh, I believe uh, you know the reason that we get an 8-bit Batman or the Batman or any of that is because Bob Kane and Bill Finger and these comic book artists and writers sat down in the great city of New York, a lot of them, uh, to create the legends that we're here to celebrate at Comic-Con near 
pretty much a century later. So that's pretty incredible. I just got the chills thinking about that as I am passing the Empire State Building. Such crazy timing. I have the most ridiculous timing out of anyone ever. Literally pulling up to the Lincoln Tunnel now and we're coming up on a half hour. You couldn't have a better ending than that. Uh, but check out my interview with John Somaria. And there's gonna be videos as well uh, for what I just talked about with Zach Oak. So to honor that half hour, goodbye. Again, that was my car coverage day one recap of New York Comic Con 2017. As I mentioned before, we're now going to switch gears to cosplay interviews. These interviews took place right after the car ride you just heard. Uh, Friday was interview day. I took an hour plus ride all the way back to New York just to do interviews. And when I say just, I mean just. <laughs> Friday was probably my most successful day uh, spent at con in terms of networking and promoting the podcast and website. But uh, get ready for this. I also went up there with no ticket. <laughs> that is right. I drove an hour plus to New York, parked and walked to the Javits Center for the sole purpose of standing outside con for interviews. You see, listeners, you see what I do for you people to get good content? <laughs> Well, I hope it's good. You guys tell me if it's good. But you can't say I don't try, right? Everyone who I said that to at con couldn't believe it, <laughs> but to me it was a no-brainer. And I really am not saying that for brownie points so I can seem humble. I honestly mean that this is how much I love talking about the shit I love. Where better to do it than New York Comic Con? These interviews as well as the Batman Beyond fan interviews from last episode were such bonuses for me at con this year. With the podcast, I mostly interview creators from Batman Beyond, or Turtles, or other franchises, uh, comic creators, TV people, actors. But Khan really opened my eyes to how much more I need to reach out to fans of the things I love as well. I mean, who do we geek out with most in our everyday lives? Celebs? Writers? Artists? <laughs> Not really, it's the fans who keep all these ridiculously expensive franchises alive, um, so it's the fans I need to reach out to more. And speaking of fans, it is hard to find fans bigger than cosplayers. These are people who, again, spend sleepless nights and months on end so that they can be Batman or Harley Quinn for a day. <laughs> or a fully functional computerized 9-foot metal Hulkbuster suit for a day. Because there was one of those, and I'm not sure how I missed that guy, but I was not too happy to have missed that interview. Literally a 9-foot working Hulkbuster. Ridiculous. That would have been nuts. So without further ado, let's get started with today's cosplay interviews. There are two cosplayers in the mix that need to be introduced and explained up front uh, due to the fact that this is an audio show. The first interview is from a stunning cosplayer named at Fabibi World Cosplay on Instagram. So it's at F-A-B-I-B World Cosplay, that's C-O-S-P-L-A-Y, on Instagram. She is from Chile and doesn't speak English, so audio wouldn't have made much sense since our interview was very short. My Spanish is not great anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, a Chilean princess Leia. That is right. Fabibi was cosplaying Slave Leia from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. She is a world-famous cosplayer, and if you watch our interview on comicbookintl.com, you'll see that the footage speaks for itself. Fabibi takes cosplay to the nth degree with her Slave Leia, uh, this interview also got us over a million views on Instagram. Uh, even she, who has over 26,000 followers, said that those numbers are pretty big for a one-minute Insta video. So please check out my interview with at Cosplay on both Instagram, at comicbookintl, uh, as well as our site, our main site, comicbookintl.com. The final cosplayer I'll explain up top is the first one that you'll actually hear. Uh, after that, I'm just going to let the rest play back to back. But this one really doesn't do justice in audio form. Because the man you're about to hear is a cinematic Captain America sitting on his own motorcycle on 10th Avenue in Manhattan. <laughs> this version of Cap calls himself the Colorado Captain. And as you'll hear, his cosplay is for a really good and admirable cause. What a bonus this interview was. But I did have to give you some context before introducing him because he was the only cosplayer where I didn't ask my standard two intro, uh, my standard two intro questions. What is your name and who are you cosplaying? <clears throat> Excuse me, the rest of the interviews 
you'll know what's going on, but this one just needed a quick explanation. So if you hear 10th Ave right behind us, uh, you now know why. So without further ado, here are my cosplay interviews, live from the Jacob Javits Center at New York Comic Con 2017. What's up, you guys? So my name's the Colorado Captain. I'm sending you all a big salute. What I'm doing out here at New York Comic Con is, well, my cross-country motorcycle campaign for charity has led me to this spot. Colorado Captain is supporting the International Rescue Committee and in support of Syrian refugees, as well as Cap for Kids in support of families with children who are suffering from pediatric cancer. These two charities are benefited by my cross-country campaign because as I travel across 15 states, 5,000 miles from Denver to Boston and back, the idea is to stop at as many children's hospitals and International Rescue Committee refugee centers as possible. I'm spreading smiles, hope, and, well, hopefully those smiles will lend some people towards donating to charity. So if you guys see me out there on the road, you shoot me a smile, and I'll shoot one right back. Oh, thank you so much. I am Lady Loki, and I do not know what this cosplay is, but I am dressed as Lady Loki. And I'm here straight from Asgard to give the people what they really want. Me. The bonus is that people do not realize how wonderful and beautiful Asgardians are, so they just fawn all over me, and it is wonderful. So the humans get a chance to see you in person. Absolutely, and it's, it's just glorious. They come and just kiss my hand and bow down to my feet. So my Asgardian seamstresses, it took them two months to make this, and this fur vest was nothing because it was just for my latest killing. It was easy to whip up. Thank you so much for your time, Lady Asgard. Uh, oh, it is totally fine. Thank you. My name's Angelo. got Negan and Lucille. Nice. How is Lucille today? She's, uh, she doesn't like waiting. <laughs> put it that way. A lot of waiting at con. A lot of waiting. <laughs> not too bad. When you get out, it's not so bad. Nice. So what uh, Walking Dead stuff uh, brings you to con? Well, I know they have the panel tomorrow. Okay. So that's going to be exciting. Looking forward to that. Well, they have a lot of the actors going to be on the panel, and they're going to be talking about the upcoming season. Oh, God. So you guys got the real preview of what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it'll be over at Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow, they're doing it at the garden. Yep. Stuff well, because they don't have enough room here for everyone, so we got to spread it out. They don't have enough room at the gigantic Japanese. <laughs> it's amazing. I've been coming every year. Uh, I like to see years? the different vendors. You know, it's just it's just fun walking around, seeing all the different costumes as well. So, Sweet. it's cool. All right, cool. All right, this is Angelo cosplaying as Negan, telling you to go above and Batman Beyond. Yes, thank you. Uh, my name is Tyler James Villalona, and I'm cosplaying Undying the Undying. Exactly is that? Uh, she's a uh, she's a boss fight in a video game called Undertale. Uh, this took me about nine months. Nine uh, months. Yeah, uh, it, it wasn't nine straight months. It was a lot of on and off work. You know, whenever I could bother to get up in the morning and actually get to work on it. Um, so it was like the uh, producing a human putting things together. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was like making birth. No, I've, I've been to uh, New York Comic Con about four years uh, in a row now, and I also go to the Music and Gaming Festival, uh, MAGFest. Um, I'm going to probably recycle this for MAGFest uh, later this year, because I'm not going to bother making another one. Hey, uh, this, is, this is way too much work. This is actually the first time I've ever worn a contact lens before, and it took me 30 minutes to put on. I, I was crying profusely for an hour afterwards, because it just felt so alien. Um, but it's, uh, it feels better now. Uh, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna suck when I have to take it off. This is, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be really good at first, and then this armor is gonna make me feel really crappy. Then I'm gonna take it off, and it's gonna feel great. Uh, yeah, uh, everybody should do it. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to go all out like I do. Uh, you know, even something as simple as wearing like a Steven Universe T-shirt is all it really takes. Just let people know what you like, and you know, you might find a, a random stranger you can groove out with. That's what Comic Con's about for me. I'm Brandon. I'm cosplaying Miles Morales Spider-Man from the Ultimate Universe. So in the Ultimate Universe, Miles Morales has an uncle who's kind of a bad guy, he's a shady guy. But in this one, they're making Donald Glover Prowler. Okay. And he's supposed to be Miles Morales' uh, uncle in, in his new movie universe. Excited for that? I am excited for that. Very much so. And cosplaying is a big part of what I like about Comic-Con. I also like uh, creator, like comic book creators. I've gotten a couple uh, autographs uh, from Sarah Pacelli, who's the one who actually created uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, I got her to sign one of my books. 
I got, um, I couldn't get Tom King, <clears throat> sorry, Tom King who writes uh, Batman, I haven't gotten him. Um, Tyler Boss who writes Four Kids That Walk Into a Bank, I got his autograph, and a, and a couple others. Um, the dealer room is, is enormous and that's always fun to just walk around in. The dealer room. Oh, dealer room. Yeah, all all the websites that sell kind of weird nerd stuff. They all come to come in one place, and you know, give me an excuse to spend money. Yeah. Oh my God, do they ever? <laughs> yeah. So I I bought this. Hold up. This ring. They uh, market them as like D20 dice ring, but this one is like uh, alignments from like Dungeons and Dragons. Oh wow. Yeah. So. I saw it, I wanted it, so I bought it. So you're a D&D &D guy? <laughs> um, not as much as I'd like to be. I've, I've okay. played a few campaigns, but um, I've always liked the whole alignment, morality uh, theory. If you haven't come to a con, I recommend you come to a con. If you have come to a con but hasn't cosplayed, come and cosplay. It's so fun. We're Bimbets. I'm a Harley Quinn version of the Bimbet. I'm Catwoman. Okay, and explain a bimbet. What is that exactly? The three dumb blondes you see in Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Our poison ivy ditched us, though. So we're only two out of the three. The cosplays are super cool. And then how big it is. I've never seen the exhibitors hall this big before. Really? So definitely the biggest con I've been to. So I like it. This is the first one I've ever been to. So it's all new and amazing. Nerd. Oh my god, yeah, your first con is always the craziest, right? <laughs> yeah. Where have you guys uh, cosplayed before, if not con? Phoenix and Boston. Okay. And Megacon. And Megacon. Where's that? Florida. Florida, okay. Very cool. Yeah, you guys look awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, Mike and I'm Robin. And I'm Charlotte and I'm Starfire. I made a lot of my costume. It like took longer than I thought. I was definitely cramming at the end. But um, it was fun. I sewed for the first time, so I feel so, pretty good about that. Wow, alright. Yeah. And I just kind of uh, <laughs> copped out and ordered my own online, so you know. Spent a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're screamer sticks, uh, tra training sticks. So uh, I figured this would be the best option to bring to Comic Con, you know, instead of bringing the actual things. I kind of like that everyone gets to kind of become who they identify with, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, like when they look exactly like the character, it's just like seeing them in real life. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoys themselves, you know? All right, cool. Yeah. Thanks so much. Keep rocking it. <laughs> I'm Starfire. I'm Nightwing. We made this in a day, both of them. Yes. I always ask people, how long does it take? Yes, we started yesterday. We didn't sleep last night, and we're here now. We're very busy, so we had limited time. So we finished at like 4:30 a.m. Yeah. Um. Don't, don't cosplay last minute. Don't do last minute cosplays. Don't last minute. I love the advice. Just ready to have a good time. Just got here, so we're gonna enjoy it. Yes, and you made our day with your Batman Beyond. Yeah. Thanks so much. My name is Sunny Pickles. And uh, this is the Arkham City version of Mr. Freeze, so um, here I am. Ready to enjoy the con, man. This is day one. I'll be here uh, you know, today and tomorrow. So checking it out Friday and Saturday. Try to come out here and have a good time. Hopefully meet some people and stuff, which is cool, and see some other, other cool cosplays and costumes and stuff, man. It's kind of hard to get everything fitted. Like, I'm actually struggling right now to keep the helmet on. But um, I work, started working on it back in May. It's made completely out of foam uh, for the most part. You know, a little bit of plastic pieces, and everything's done by hand and stuff. So it's a lot of hours, a lot of late nights, but it's fun. So again, this is Sunny Pickles. You can check out my Instagram for photos and stuff. I'm gonna do a shoot soon. Um, as far as Mr. Freeze goes, nice to meet you. And those are my cosplay interviews recorded live from New York Comic Con. Again, audio only does not do these hardworking and super-powered cosplayers justice, so make sure to check out the video versions on comicbookintl.com. I'm going to continue posting them throughout the week, uh, so there's even more to come if you've already seen what's on there. Now, so far between our first episode of con coverage on the Above and Batman Beyond podcast, up to this very moment, uh, we've hit a lot of the main pillars of con. Comics, collectibles, fans, cosplay, uh, which also really works out in terms of alliteration, apparently. We got you an interview straight from the heart of con itself, Artist Sally. Then we hit two collectibles booths, Funko and Diamond Select Toys. Then a bunch of cosplayers just now. 
But as many of you know, Comic-Con has blown up into something much more than those more original four pillars I just mentioned. Over the past 10 to 15 years especially, panels and premiere screenings for TV and movies have taken over a large space within the event of many Comic-Cons, not just New York. So let's hit these more modern pillars of con uh, with what I, Benjamin David, personally saw on the ground at con uh, and heard about in our fan and cosplay interviews. First, we'll start with the Comic-Con premiere trailer of Batman Ninja. Unfortunately, the panel for the new anime-style feature was among the four lotteries I lost on Thursday. Wah, wah. Uh, beside Batman Ninja, I also entered the Funko Booth lottery, uh, as I mentioned during my car coverage, and then the LEGO Exclusive Booth, and then finally the DC Universe Original Movies 10th Anniversary panel. Again, entered for, lost for. <laughs> Still, I really can't complain. I was still lucky enough to have my press pull at Funko, so I got in there, got my exclusive toys. I'd gotten the interview with Yoko two weeks before that. Uh, but much more unexpectedly, a few more things happened for me on day two of Con that were probably more about luck, I would say. I said before that I didn't even have Comic-Con tickets for Friday. Instead, I was perfectly happy spending the day in the city just interviewing people outside of Con. Well, I guess my enthusiasm paid off, because I made a new friend. I made a new friend. I'm not quite sure if she wants me to name drop quite yet, uh, but we started talking Batman, and long story short, she got me into con. Yay! Um, she happened to be a worker at one of the mystery box toy booths, and I was lucky enough to compliment the right person wearing a Batman shirt. See the beauty of con, people? See kids? See how far a Batman shirt compliment can take you? <laughs> Uh, so the reason I bring up my story of getting into con for free on Friday uh, is not just because it's an awesome story in and of itself, although it is. I mention it because it actually relates to the Batman Ninja trailer I was just talking about as well. Friday was the day I unexpectedly caught the trailer to Batman Ninja firsthand at the Tamashi Nation's booth, of all places. So I thought, you know, no, no way I'm going to see this trailer. I didn't, get to, I didn't get to see the panel the day before. No way I'm going to see the trailer. I saw the trailer. Before we get into why a toy booth would be featuring a trailer, uh, let's first talk about the trailer itself. Playing on a decent sized flat screen in the booth, uh, nothing huge, not a projector or anything, and it played on repeat, so I probably watched it at least three to four times. This thing was unreal. <laughs> I'm personally a massive fan of Elseworlds stories, uh, so seeing not only an anime twist on Batman, but also an entire reimagining of the DC Universe as feudal medieval Japan, of Batman as a ninja, of Joker as a ninja, Harley Quinn, everybody ninja, oh my god. Uh, just send me straight to Bat Heaven. And they showed a bunch of rogue gallery people, a bunch of other characters, all ninja and samurai out. So why then did a collector's booth like Tamashi Nation feature an animated Batman trailer? Well, if you're a Bat fan and a Tamashi Nation's fan, and get ready for the new Batman Ninja figures uh, from Tamashi's renowned SH Figuarts line. Tamashi unveiled both the Batman and Joker, and the Ninja reimagined look of both characters is stunningly creative. I'm honestly not too sure about the release date of these figures, but I do know that the film is set for release in 2018, uh, so check out Batman Ninja in film and figure form. <laughs> With a Batman Beyond podcast, I'm obviously a huge fan of anything Bat-animated, but since this is our Geek News General show, uh, let's switch it up for a minute, and then we'll get back to more Batman-animated stuff from Comic-Con. Walking Dead, baby. <laughs> As you heard in today's cosplay interview, I caught up with Negan himself. Well, a guy cosplaying Negan, sorry. No, I did not interview Jeffrey Dean Morgan, though I would probably make someone dead for that opportunity. <laughs> But I did talk with Angelo, the cosplayer and Walking Dead fan, who said that they had to hold the TWD panel at Madison Square Garden uh, because there apparently wasn't enough room at the Javits Center. Uh, this is where the Knicks play. This is where the New York Rangers play, I believe. I don't know anything about sports, but it's the Garden. Uh, and there was not enough room at the huge Jacob Javits Center, so they had to go to the Garden. Ridiculous. Um, that might be a sign of fandom you're dealing with at New York Comic Con, maybe. Angelo, the cosplaying Negan, said that the panel was going to feature several actors and creators from the show, uh, and then the focus was the highly anticipated, of course, Season 8, which, by the way, premieres this Sunday. Cannot believe it, and I cannot wait. 
Two other panel slash events I really wanted to get to but could not uh, were Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. The latter of two, uh, excuse me, the latter of whom you might know from a little film called Star Wars, uh, playing the iconic role of Luke Skywalker, maybe, rings a bell. However, in case you're not familiar, uh, Conroy and Hamill are also the voices of Batman and Joker from Batman the Animated Series. Since I was a kid, these two have been considered the best and most definitive voices of the two famous foes. Again, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend, which was a huge disappointment because Conroy is my own personal hands-down personal hero <laughs> uh, as Batman, but at this point, Hamill has triple-dipped into the things I geek out most on. Star Wars, Batman the Animated Series, and even Batman Beyond, uh, reprising his role in the 2000 animated feature Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Next year, guys. Next year. <laughs> With the time we have left, I thought it would just finish up uh, with the panels I learned about on the ground through fan cosplay interviews. All the major con news is out there online, so rather than try to compete with all that, I'll just wrap up this part uh, by talking about what I heard or saw on the ground at con, like I said. In Batman Beyond news, the subject of Beyond was raised at the DC Universe original movie's 10th anniversary panel. This is according to Beyond fan Nick, who I spoke with during my Batman Beyond fan interviews on Friday. You can find Nick's interview in its entirety on part one of our con coverage on Above and Batman Beyond. But in short, the question about Beyond was regarding how exactly Terry McGinnis Batman was supposed to eventually fit into the futuristic animated timeline uh, of these DC Universe movies. These films are part of a connected universe. Uh, and a major player in all of these is Damian Wayne Robin, son of Bruce Wayne Batman. The potential problem with Beyond and this DCU of films is whether or not they have written themselves into a corner by setting up Damian Wayne so prominently in this universe. Again, Batman Beyond was born out of Batman the Animated Series, a series that never included a Damian Wayne into their mythos. So when it came to Batman Beyond, they never had to worry about any son of Bruce Wayne who could potentially take over the mantle of the Bat. They simply created a teenage character named Terry McGinnis and had an older Bruce Wayne provide the suit, the tech, and then function as the Alfred-type character to help him out. But in the recent 10 years of these newer films, they now have a Damian Wayne to deal with when it comes to the future of the Bat. So, if they did eventually do a Batman Beyond movie set in this universe, how do you explain Damian Wayne? This is actually an issue that writer Dan Jurgens and artist Bernard Chang have recently solved in the current Batman Beyond Rebirth run of comics. I actually had both creators on Above and Batman Beyond podcast. An exciting point uh, in both conversations was that for the first time in DC Comics history, Batman Beyond has now been included into DC Comics continuity. Uh, if I was running DC Animation, I'd just do a version of what Jurgens and Chang have done with all those characters because I thought it was brilliantly executed story-wise and really did answer a lot of those questions animated fans might still have. And finally, the world premiere and panel for Batman vs. Two-Face. This is the newest of DC animated movies, uh, more so Batman animated movies I should say, and is also a sequel to last year's Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Both films are animated versions of the 1960s classic Batman TV series starring Adam West as Batman. Adam West has unfortunately since died, uh, but this movie, being his last, makes it that much more important to watch. I was fortunate enough to attend the Return of the Cape Crusaders premiere last year also at New York Comic Con, and the room was gigantic and the room was packed, uh, and as vocal as animated Batman fans are about not liking things, uh, I didn't hear one complaint among the whole crowd. And after the movie, not only was there a panel with the Bright Knight himself, Adam West, which was a huge honor, obviously now especially because he has sadly died, um, and the crew of the movie was on the panel, we also got a video message on the big screen from William Shatner. Why the Shat, you ask? <laughs> well, if you haven't heard already, the newest Batman vs. Two-Face uh, stars William Shatner as a retcon animated version of Harvey Dent Two-Face. The famous Bat-Villain never made it to the Technicolor screen on the old Batman TV show, but fortunately, uh, with Adam West still alive at the time, they were able to make Two-Face finally come alive. Batman vs. Two-Face is now available on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital. 
This is Yoko McCann from Funko, and you're listening to Geek News General. Some final thoughts on New York Comic Con. Let's face it, guys. While Con is a nice reminder that nerds have finally inherited the Earth, the everyday social life of a nerd can be pretty tough at times. I know that for me personally, approaching total strangers and talking to them can be terrifying. Uh, you don't know what they're, how they're going to react. They might just flat out ignore you or give you the cold shoulder. Who wants that? I always think of the way my mom described me around age three, how outgoing I was with people, especially at the beach, apparently. <laughs> I would just plop myself down on the people's blankets, ask them questions, eat their food, play with their stuff. Uh, minus the food eating part, and that was pretty much me at con this year, 29 years later. Almost every booth I stopped at, I had questions about this, questions about that. I got the contact info from numerous toy companies and distributors, comic creators, fans, you name it. Uh, I talked to total strangers at each booth as well, seeing what they liked and what they were at con for. It only took me 29 years to find another place like the beach, I guess. <laughs> I honestly don't remember the last time I'd felt so at home, so comfortable, confident, God forbid, happy in general. Uh, and I'm not saying I haven't had happy times outside con. I've had the fortunate opportunity to travel the world. I've experienced financial success to some degree, at least. I've had deep and meaningful relationships with amazing people. Still, none of those things will ever make you feel okay. I promise you. Um, that is until you feel okay about yourself. I'm not sure if it's the podcast, maybe it's no longer having a career that I was probably never meant for in the first place, maybe it's that I try really hard nowadays not to be an asshole, I try at least. Whatever it is, I am more than relieved to finally feel comfortable in my own skin. Uh, as much as I always envied the three-year-old bouncing from blanket to blanket, I had pretty much given up on that guy ever coming back. Believe me, my social skills need still need plenty of work. <laughs> I'm still a goofy, loud nerd who talks too much and asks too many questions. But as we all know, there's a word for that. It's called a podcaster. And that is it for the show. Thanks so much for listening, for allowing me to inhabit my true goofy form as a podcaster, as a writer, someone who's no longer trying to be something he's not. Obviously, I couldn't do any of this without you guys, so thank you from the depths of my heart for helping me gain some purpose back in my life. Clearly, I needed it. And anyone who wants to reach out, tell me how you feel about New York Comic Con, the podcast, the podcast you're listening to, anything else that's going on in your life that you want to talk about, then please don't hesitate to reach out at ComicBookINTL on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or BatmanBeyondPod, that's P-O-D, at gmail.com. My name, once again, is Benjamin David, your Geek News General Host and Managing Editor here at ComicBookINTL.com. Don't forget about next episode of our Above and Batman Beyond podcast, our other show, uh, featuring my interview with Melissa Disney, the voice of Blade Summer and Kudare from the Batman Beyond animated series. Oh yeah, our first voice actor from the TV series. Super happy about that. Again, check out our main website, comicbookintl.com, for content of all types, celebrating New York Comic Con, podcast and video interviews, other videos including unboxings, toy updates, previews, and more. Check out DC Collectibles, Diamond Select, and Funko for all your nerdy collector needs. If you haven't already, please take a minute to write us a five-star review on iTunes in your podcast app or online. Just tap reviews and rate the show. It really only takes just a minute, and then those little stars go a long way to helping us keep the show going. Continuing to go to huge pop culture events like New York Comic Con and some serious guests for every single episode of our Beyond show. Again, that's an interview show, so every episode you get a new interview. Folks like the Emmy award-winning composers of Batman Beyond for episode 5, Melissa Disney, a real TV voice actor from the show, and beside Batman we have a great Star Wars guest, uh, excuse me, we have a great Star Wars guest list coming as well. If you like the cosplay interviews today or cosplay in general, we also have a real-life original trilogy Stormtrooper cosplayer coming on the show. Uh, she's got a complete set of TK armor. Pretty impressive. I cannot wait to have her on. It's probably going to be a video interview, so if you prefer video, we've got it all for you guys. We also have uh, some more Game of Thrones and Turtle stuff coming your way, uh, so stay tuned. As you can see, the list of guests goes on 
please help us keep it going by writing that teeny five-star review on iTunes. Beside iTunes, Geek News General is also available for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud and Podbean, as well as our very own website, geeknewsbatnews.com. And if you're looking to subscribe to Above and Batman Beyond, uh, now that you got a taste of the show, find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and batmanbeyondpodcast.com. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Batman Beyond Podcast and Batman Beyond Pod on Twitter. And as always, you can find both shows and all of our content on our main site, comicbookintl.com. If you like what you heard today in audio form, you can also find my writing at comicbookintl.com. On both Twitter and Instagram, find me at comicbookintl. And my name, once again, is Benjamin David. News General is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. We're thrilled and honored to be part of this awesome Bat Network of Podcasts. So here's a shout out of huge thanks to BPN, BPN, the Batman Podcast Network. Go to batmanpodcastnetwork.com to find our show as well as more than 20 others all talking about the bat. Thanks once again to you, BPN, for bringing us into your audio Batman network. As always, if you want to send us any questions, comments, and would like us to read them on the show, please hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at comicbookintl or send us an email batmanbeyondpod at gmail.com We'd love to read your messages on the show. Geek News General is not an official production of DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Batman Beyond, AMC, The Walking Dead, Star Wars, Lucasfilm, or any other company, property, and or license mentioned on this recording on comicbookintl.com or on batmanbeyondpodcast.com The thoughts and opinions shared by the participants of this podcast are theirs and theirs alone, and therefore do not represent the companies or organizations they happen to work for. 